Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seaview Quantum Radio Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with our seasonal host, Tommy Lama, and producer, Claudia Pareco. We are about to embark on a four-episode journey, which promises that you will know yourself, grow yourself, and clear yourself. That is, living your super-powerful life, based on Tommy's published book, What's Your Superpower? Tommy Lama is the pen name of Dr. Tommy Bryan, an acclaimed leadership and human development specialist. Her superpower is connecting unseen or hidden patterns to facilitate personal transformation. She lives aligned with her top five values and plays to her top five strengths in everything she does. She is the principal consultant at Championship Dynamics. It is time for you to live, laugh, love. Finding your superpower shouldn't be your life's work. Using it should be. Tommy will take listeners and callers through her proven method of learning how to choose what you want in ways that honor the deepest, truest parts of who you are. Then, create or manifest your wantings by a compassionate method of clearing, honing, and refining that would take you to reveal the best version of you. Want to jump the long list of callers and get your call today? For only $11, we take your call. Simply submit your payment at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11 and message Claudia Pareco on Facebook or in our chat room and let her know you have submitted your payment along with the number you're calling from. At the end of the series, you'll understand the superpower method. You'll enjoy applying it to your own life You'll modify it here and there, and you'll be living your super-powerful life. Find direction, discover next steps, and move past long-standing blocks. Recalibrate your inner guidance and find the deeper love within. Set up a reminder for our upcoming shows. Visit www.charlotteview.net, look under Monthly Shows, find the cover for Tommy's show, and click on it. It'll take you to the event page. Author systems thinker, lady guru. Tommy Lama brings a fresh perspective to personal growth with her system. She's come a long way to get here. To contact Tommy directly or to purchase a copy of her book, email tommy at tommylama.com. That's T-O-M-I at T-O-M-I-L-L-A-M-A dot com. You can also find her on her Facebook fan page, Tommy Lama, or her website, www.tommylama.com. Fridays and Mondays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, join our quantum network of spiritual first responders, bringing the light of consciousness to the world. Now, enjoy the episode of the day. Danny, and welcome everybody to Living Your Super Powerful Life with Lady Guru Tommy Lama. We are so excited to start with this series, which at the end you're going to understand this method of finding your superpower. We all have that special something that we bring to the world so we can shine. And we are always doing that, but 
most of us haven't at this time yet discovered what it is. So if you were to be asked a question today, and if you want the help on getting the answer to that, what would be the ways that you make choices now? What is it, your, what's your process? How is it that you do it? So think about it and press number one, and we will get your answer to that question and to others that you may have for Tommy. So what's your superpower, Tommy says? It's important because it provides us with a comprehensive inventory of models, frameworks, downloadable worksheets, and practical tools that normal, non-guru people can easily use to find their superpower. That's what she wrote on her book, What's Your Superpower? And that, are, that is the gift that you're going to get at the end. But let's bring Tommy Lama to the show so she can explain us a little bit better how her story of own transformation, her journey was um, that led her to the discovery of this method. So, Tommy, welcome to see you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's it's um, wonderful. And you know, you know, Tommy, reading your book, I've been reading and enjoying that book. It is so easy, um, playful, and laughing as I pass from one page and the other. But there's so much wisdom in them, and I just love that. I love that. Um, I don't know, understanding or learning something, it's fun, it's doable, it's easy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And uh, you're you're making me tear up here talking about um, that you're enjoying reading it because a lot of times we think um, – uh, you know that we that it's dreary becoming the person we're supposed to be, and it's not. It's fun and loving, and it's a big adventure. So I really appreciate you sharing with that. Um, and um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to 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 start sharing with folks about how to make choices. Yeah, Does that work for you? Okay. So Claudia has done me this big favor of. Um, uh, posting on Facebook on her website, what are the ways you make decisions now? If you feel so inclined to go answer that on the Facebook page, that would be great. Um, so first I'd like to say cheers from Greensboro, North Carolina, in the United States. Uh, this is a seasonal series about what's your superpower, and it's intended to empower, improve, and achieve, right? Those are those are things that we're all looking to do, be empowered, improve, and and achieve. Um, and today we're focusing on empowering, and the way we empower ourselves is through choosing things that align with the deepest parts of who we are. Before turning to an introduction of myself, since this is our first time together, I want to share an excerpt from a book that wonderfully aligns with today's topic. Now, one of the things you'll find out about me is I'm an avid learner. Um, I, I have read and try to read at least 200 to 300 books every year um, because I just that's what I like to do. Um, so when we go through these four shows, you'll hear me talk about what I've read and whether it's um, impactful um, and, and whether you should um, consider it for yourself. 
But the book I'm quoting this morning is Dr. James Hollis's Living an Examined Life, and he's one of my heroes. The first chapter in his book is entitled, The Choice is Yours, and that's so um, aligned with what we're doing today. And here's what he has to say. Whether you show up as you in this brief transit we call life, or are defined by history or context or shrill partisan urgencies substantially depends on you. No greater difficulty may be found than living this journey as mindfully, as accountably as we can. But no greater task brings more dignity and purpose to our lives. Swimming in this milky sea of mystery, we long to make sense of things, figure out who we are, whither bound and to what end, while the eons roll on in their mindless ways. It falls then to us to make sense of this journey. So what could be more obvious than point one? The choice is ours. So to say blandly then, the choice is yours, is not as simplistic as you may have thought at first. Amid the plethora of voices imposing themselves on you at any moment, Which voice amid that cacophony is yours? Which voice rises from the depths of the soul? Which from complexes and cultural templates? And how can you know the difference? This melange of messages is so profuse, how can we ever choose? And yet we make choices on a moment-to-moment basis. And not to choose is, of course, a choice with consequences. So then the task of this carbonized bit of matter we call our bodies, this spark we call our soul, is waiting upon us to realize that we serve life when we step forth and begin to take on that responsibility, that accountability, and choose a life that makes sense to us. The choice is ours. And if we are not exercising that choice, someone else is choosing for us. And if not the splintered personalities of our complexes, then the voices of our ancestors or the noisy din of our cultural tom-toms. Our life begins twice, the day we are born and the day we accept the radical existential fact that our life, for all its delimiting factors, is essentially ours to choose. Wow, Dr. Hollis throws down the gauntlet on that one. So how do you choose? And where do I begin to understand what works for me? Interestingly, um, I asked Claudia before we got started, I'm like, Claudia, how do you choose? (laughs) And she had actually just typed um, into Facebook that same question. And both the response from the person on Facebook and the response from Claudia was, I don't don't really have a method for that, right? I, I don't know, I just do. And that is the point of today is with that backdrop of Dr. Hollis's compelling It's Your Choice, um, let's think about how we choose. Um, First, let me rewind and introduce myself. Um, My latest book, What's Your Superpower?, is the result of what I call my 20 years in the desert. It's the result of my 20 years of figuring out how do I choose what is best for me. And that 20-year journey started in 1998. Uh, In 1997, my father was diagnosed with terminal colon cancer. I invited him to my house 
um, so that I could hold his hand um, as he transitioned um, to that next place. And there's nothing like uh, some major life event, like the death of a parent or the death of a loved one, um, to rattle our cage. And that certainly rattled mine. Um, About six weeks after my father passed away in 98, I was walking around what am I supposed to be doing? I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something and I don't know what it is. And I was perplexed by this deep, deep place that this call out was coming from. I'm supposed to be doing something. What is it? What are you supposed to be doing? What is it? And I casually mentioned to my mom about six weeks after my father's death that um, I just had this feeling I should be doing something. And my mom said to me, well, your dad said the same thing. What? When did he say that? And she said, oh, right up until he died. Oh, my goodness, how do you, and my father died relatively young at 65. How do you get to 65 and not know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? Now, in that 20-year journey, I realized that my father, who was was a master psychologist, was really doing great work. But because he didn't have a framework, he couldn't see that he was doing great work. He couldn't see that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And that that was basically um, a first shift for me, was I didn't want to get to 65 and not know that I was fulfilling uh, my purpose, what the divine had organized for me um, in this short period in my human suit. Um, At the time my father passed away, I was practicing law. I'd been to law school at Wake Forest University um, School of Law, and I decided that wasn't for for me anymore. That was my my big walk away from a profession, um, and I went to work for a company. And a couple years later, found myself unhappy at that company and decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school and get a Ph.D. in leadership because that's going to solve my problems. Two years after getting my Ph.D. in leadership, right, so now I have a, an undergrad degree, a law degree, and a Ph.D. in leadership. Uh, two years later, I wake up next to my husband in our beautiful neighborhood and our beautiful house with our two wonderful kids, and I go, what am I doing here? I don't know if many of you have experienced that same thing. You look out at your life and you go, what am I doing here? And I don't even know where to begin to sort out if I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I I have no check marks. I have no blueprint. I have no map. I felt such a sense of desperation. Um, that very night when my husband and I were laying in bed, and one of his favorite things um, for us to do is we, we, we lay in bed and we read. I have my book. He has book his book. Sometimes he reads to me. Um, but I put my book down and I look at my husband, Jim, and I go, what are we doing here? Now, I love Jim Bryan. He's a good man. He looks at me and he goes, what do you mean? We're reading books. <laughs> no, what are we doing on this planet? I know we're reading books. I can see that. What are we doing? And I look, and Jim looks at me and he goes, uh, I really just wanted to read my book. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to get any help from that direction. So I thought, where do I go? So the next 12 years, in addition to the three college degrees, the undergrad degree, the law degree, and the Ph.D., I got 15 more certifications. 
my dad always said, you can, you know, education will set you free. And I thought I would practice that. Uh, I joke that I spent uh, thousands and thousands of dollars on the books that I read, thousands and thousands of dollars getting degrees and going to workshops and certifications. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Yes, I am crazy um, in that regard. I have certifications for compliance and ethics. I'm a board-certified coach. I'm a change management uh, certified uh consultant. I have an international certification in organizational systemic dynamics. I have a certification in Himalayan singing bowls. I'm a certified past life regression coach. I'm even certified in kettlebells. (laughs) Right? (laughs) How do the kettlebells even fit in? Right? But I was trying to find what's the blueprint, and nobody could really give it to me. And you get the picture. I kind of went crazy in the educational domain. And slowly what I realized, what I was looking for was not in the nebulous place called out there. It was in me. I turned inward, and that is where the magic began to happen. Out of the journey inward came the superpower model. And it's a blueprint for you finding the deepest and truest parts of who you are and living into those in each moment. Now, the model is fully explained in the book, What's Your Superpower? And I wrote it using the pen name Tommy Lama. And folks will say, hey, where does, where does Tommy Lama come from? And Lama is spelled with two L's, just like the animal. And um, on this 12-slash-20-year journey of educational growth, uh, I used to pontificate at the dinner table. I used to tell my kids, guess what I learned today? And one time my oldest son, Shep, drew a picture of me in a um, meditation pose and wrote underneath it, Tommy Lama, as a joke, and the name stuck. So they, the, my son and my, my two sons see Tommy Lama sort of as this wisdom keeper guru. But along this 20-year journey, I discovered a way to make choices that honor and respect the deepest parts and pieces of who I am. And that's what I want to share with you today, right? And, and, the, and we're going to start in the first place, and that's making choices that help empower, improve, and achieve. And as we heard from the Dr. Hollis introduction, choosing for yourself is a radical idea. That's right, it's radical. Most of us defer to other people. We do so because, one, we don't want to be wrong. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid to make a, stay, uh, make a mistake. Right? In our household, there are no mistakes. I mean, there are, yeah, there are no failures. There are no mistakes. There's only lessons. And that's what a growth mindset does for you. It teaches you that the only way to learn is to go out there, jump in, see what happens. And if I fail, there is no failure. I learned something important, right? The second reason why people don't want to uh, make a choice is they really don't want to be responsible for themselves. And that sounds harsh. But let's talk about what's underneath why we don't want to be responsible for ourselves. Well, from the moment we arrive on the planet... We are taught by parents, teachers, society, um, all of those things, all of those social messages say to us, you are small and I am big. 
you are small and I am big. It takes great courage to climb out of bed in the morning when the message is you are small and I am big and I can squash you. As an adult, we have to understand that when we're children, yes, everything is big, right? And so these two these two uh, ingrained social messages of we don't want to be wrong and we don't want to be responsible for ourselves are the things that usually keep us from stepping into choices, uh, the behaviors, the thought processes that keep us from stepping into um, our own choosing methodology, right? So, you know, stop for a second and think, how do you choose? What are the ways you go out in the world and make a choice? Did your parents teach you a a decision-making methodology? Did did you learn that in school? And I often think, maybe, maybe I did learn that in school and I never heard it. But as an adult, I sure struggled to make choices that worked for me. One of the things I discovered um, in building the superpower model is there is one thing that can help you make choices aligned exactly with who you are, the deepest parts of yourself, and that's your top five values. And it is the first part of the superpower model. Now, for those of you who um, don't have the book, you are free to get the superpower worksheets and the model from the website, TommyLama.com. On the um, home page, it says Worksheets. You click on that, and you go to Messenger on Facebook, and it will send you those worksheets so you can see the superpower model. The superpower model consists of your top five values, your top five strengths, your three social currencies, and then your superpower. And we will talk about each of these as we go along. But our decision-making, where we make our best choices, are focused in the very first part of the superpower model, your top five values. Now I'm going to talk about um, a couple of pieces of those first um, that, of, the, of those five values. Number one, how many people on the call know their top five values? And if my buddy Karen's listening in, and my son Shep and his girlfriend are listening in, I know that they have their top five values. So they're not going to count today. <laughs> they count, but not today. <laughs> um, and Claudia, I know you've been working on your five values. Yes. Yes, I have. And and let me tell you that having those cards with all the values available is so helpful because I'm a visual person. So having them right there in your face help you because otherwise it's like, uh, what is value? <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, it's really useful to have the cards. Right, and so thank you for pointing that out. Um, at the back of the book, What's Your Superpower? Chapter 7 is a list of, of 50 values. We also have a values cards deck, and that's what um, Claudia is talking about, is that you can buy the um, values card deck and have those in your hand. And I'm with you. I'm, I love the tactile feel of the cards. It's so much easier to, to work with the cards when you have the deck. Um, I was um, I actually gave a similar talk last Thursday night to a group of professional women, and one lady had the book, and when she showed up and I gave her a deck of values cards, she said, oh, it's so much easier <laughs> to find the values with the deck of cards than to look on a list on a sheet of paper. Now, I have been doing values for probably since 2006, so over a decade. 
I've done I've done presentations all over the um, United States on your top five values, without fail. Whether I'm speaking to a group of ten people, whether I'm speaking to a group of five hundred people, usually only two to three people, and that's I'm lucky if I can find two or three people in the group who know their top five values and can and can state them for me, which I find so- shocking. And here's why. Your top five values drive 70 to 80% of your choices in a day. I'll repeat that. Your top five values drive 70 to 80% of your choices in a day. If you don't know what those values are, how are you making the choices? And I, 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 I love to sh- yeah, I love to share with people, if you do nothing but this one thing in the superpower model, it will forever change your life. Finding your top five values that you can see the deepest parts of who you are are astounding. Now, you don't pick the five values that mama wants you to have. You don't pick the five values that your religious organization espouses to you. These are the five values that you know and feel are true for you. And that's that's a discovery process. You know, I tell people, take the deck of cards or take the, the, the list if you have them at the back of the book and mark out those 50 values that quickly do not speak to you, right? That's the, that's the best way is to do an elimination round. Get rid of those values that, that don't speak to you and don't seem to hold any truth for you. And then with what, whatever's left, you work your way through those. Now, Claudia, how did you get down to seven? Um, yeah, I was reading your book, and it was very helpful that you mentioned that it eliminating a process, because it I, I agree with you, it's very easy, or it's easier to know what is not, and um, and then I just start picking all the ones that failed me, and. And I and I love also how you describe how to get it down to five. And, but I'm not going to tell people. I want you to tell people. But <laughs> having all of the because the least I just want to mention some of the of the values because maybe people are are wondering what values are. So yep. some of the values would be independence, communication, wisdom, integrity, resourcefulness harmony, creativity, good health. So some of the values to me, it felt like, oh, I like this. Oh, I want to have this. Oh, um, this right. one sounds like me. So it, they have different connotations when you see the, the word. Right, and that's, that's an excellent point. So a, a couple of things, right? Values... Um, are the things that we hold dear. They are the things that matter most to us. And they usually, um, uh, now there's, I think it's the Minnesota Values Center, says there are either 102 or 104 human values. So they've basically collected all the values and categorized them into about, you know, just over 100 values. The 50 um, or so in the deck that we have are the ones that, that we've encountered, they are not every value in the world, but they do allow you to get the conversation started. Um, and so you can see, right, uh, what what may be true for you and what's not. Uh, f- for instance, my youngest son, Warren, who's 22, 
um, we've been doing the values cards together since he was probably nine or ten. And um, because, like most children, he can't follow any set of instructions that I give him, ha, 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 he wrote two of his own values. He has mastery and openness, and those are not in the values card deck, right? So I tell people, just because it's not in there doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Write your own card. Create your own value because what you're trying to discover, that what, what is true for you. And in those five values, um, and, and Claudia, if I remember correctly, you said you got it down to seven. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. So yeah, Claudia you know has, what? Yeah. There was, there yeah. was one. Um, I, one word that I repeat myself um, endlessly in how, what is very important to me is the word fun. And one of the, and the fun card is in there. So, of course, that was one of my first choices because it was like, oh, I like fun. But then right. I had to eliminate it because most of the other um, cars that I picked had to do with wisdom, with knowledge, with um, resourcefulness. So I found that fun, it was way too big for – because. My fun means having been in a learning. For me, fun is to be learning, to be learning something new. So, so you see, fun was not really accurate to what I for as my value, right? Because it could be right. seen as free and not responsible and adventurous, and all of that I'm not. Well, I like right. it, but it's not who I am. Right. Right. Well, and that's what, so it's interesting you should say that because with my youngest, Warren, when he was going through these values, he actually came up with another one. Uh, he actually came up with three. I forgot about the third one. Um, and um, it happens to, it has to do with the blending of um, fun and seriousness and enjoyment. Um, I think I think he called it levity. Um I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's levity because it's important to learn, but it's also important to enjoy what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I'm doing this around the um, country to organizations, what I find is there are two groups of people. Most people can get down to their five values. You know, the people in this first group get down to their five or six values really quickly. And then they need to spend time looking at those five or six or seven to see. Um, what truly it, it is. So for me, I originally thought one of my top five was integrity. But as I watched it over the course of a year, I really realized what I cared about was authenticity, being true to myself. Um, and then that's the first group. They get down to somewhere between five and seven really quickly. And then there's the group who at 30 minutes have 10 and say, can I have 10? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, the, the thing with having 10 is that's too many right? Um, Some psychologists recommend three. My problem, my social research has showed me that three values doesn't really honor the diversity um, that most of us are, right? Five values um, is uh, a good number and usually captures most of of what we value when making a decision, right? Seven to ten, you're starting to get too many and it's too murky and you can't prioritize. So you really want to try to get down to those five values. And then once you get down to those five and start watching, um, you can see that something will emerge, right? There is something, as you start making choices using these five values, something will emerge and you'll go, ah, that's really what I value. Because sometimes people 
will have in their hand love, family, and relationships. And those are in the same. Those are all in the same group, right? Those values are in the same group. So which one is really the thing that matters most to you? So this sometimes is not a, oh, I'm going to sit down in 30 minutes and find my values. It's I'm going to sit down in 30 minutes. Maybe I get down to seven or eight, and then I'm going to start observing myself and seeing what truly matters to me. Because that's what, that's what really matters is discovering what speaks to you. Um, so the thing about those values is now that we have them, so once you figure out those five values, what do we do with them? And this to me is the absolute game changer. This is how you make those choices uh, that honor and respect the deepest parts of who you are. Susie Welch um, is an author. She was um, she's married to Jack Welch. For those of you who are familiar with Jack Welch, she ran the American company um, GE for many years, General Electric. Um, and he married Susie Welch, who um, wrote this fabulous book called Ten Ten Ten: Values Based Decision Making. So if you, once you have those top five values, what you do is you use her Ten 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 model to make choices that align with you, all right? For instance, my top five values are family, wisdom, effectiveness, authenticity, and freedom. Family, wisdom, effectiveness, authenticity, and freedom. And so I use Susie's 10-10-10 model to help me make choices that are aligned with who I am. And the way it works is, and I used to do this as a leadership consultant. I used to do this with what's going to matter in the short term, the midterm, and the long term. Well, there's nothing sexy about that whatsoever, short term, midterm, long term. She developed this 10-10-10. So in 10 minutes, what's going to matter most? In 10 months, what's going to matter most? And in 10 years, what's going to matter most? So that you can figure out what's best for you. So I'll give you an example. For me, um, I, I value family and I value wisdom and I value freedom, right? So freedom for me means on the weekends I'm going to lay on the couch and try to read three or four books before Monday comes. That honors my value of wisdom and that honors my value of freedom. But I also love my family. My family is very important to me. And on this one particular weekend coming up, I wanted to lay on the couch and read books it was my aunt's 75th birthday party in Richmond, Virginia, which is about three and a half hours from me, that very same weekend. And my youngest son, Warren, is a tennis player, and he wanted to play in a tennis tournament in North Carolina that weekend. So I had all these competing things that I love. My Aunt Rose, whose family, I love her dearly. My youngest son, whose family, and wanted to go play in a tennis tournament. And then the things that I wanted to do for myself, lay on the couch and read a couple of books, expand my mind. How do I resolve which one of these competing interests gets my attention? And that's where 10-10-10 comes in. I sat down and I said, all right, in 10 minutes, am I going to care most that I laid on the couch and read books? Am I going to care most that I took Warren to this tennis tournament, or am I going to care most that in 10 minutes I went to my aunt's birthday party? Well, I really didn't feel like driving to Richmond, and I really didn't feel like driving Warren to the tennis tournament. So in 10 minutes, wisdom and books and laying on the couch <laughs> and freedom were going to win out, right? <laughs> 
But in 10 months, and my aunt was sick, right? I didn't know how much longer she was going to be on this planet. I didn't know how much longer that human suit was going to serve her. So in 10 months, if I hadn't gone to the party, and all my relatives had, and they were reminiscing about the party and the fact that they got to go see Aunt Rose one last time before she passed away, was I going to remember that, that I didn't go, or was I going to remember that I read the books or that I went to the tennis tournament? Well, in 10 months, I was going to be very disappointed that I didn't go to that birthday party and celebrate with my aunt. In 10 years, I wouldn't even remember that I laid on the couch and read those books. In 10 years, I probably wouldn't remember the tennis tournament either. But in 10 years, I was certainly going to remember whether I went to that birthday party or not and celebrated with my aunt. So that 10-10-10 made it very easy for me to see that the choice was I needed to get in the car and drive to Richmond and celebrate my aunt. And so what 10-10-10 does is gives you this beautiful framework for figuring out what are, you know, when your values are competing, which one needs to win out that makes the choice that honors you the most. Now, in that uh, worksheet packet um, that comes along with the book, you can download that from our website, TommyLama.com Worksheets. There's a 10-10-10 worksheet for you that lets you lay out your values and see that framework in a worksheet um, uh, on a one page so you can see how that works. You also download the superpower model that has those top five values on it. So you're allowed, you know, what you can do in that superpower model is you set forth your five values. You can use it in combination with a 10-10-10 worksheet so that it helps you make your choices aligned with those top five values. Um, so, Claudia, have you gotten to the uh, to start to use the ten 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 yet? Or are you still working on your values? No, I'm still working on the values, but I love how you explained the ten 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 because it's you know when it was very it's very difficult for me to understand the ten year, but now that you explain it, it made sense to me. It, I usually don't like to think. Um, long term, it's like oh, who cares? By then, I'm going to be another person. Yeah. But, right. But but I see the value now of putting that in there, and when is and how your choice will affect you, your feelings, your yeah. If you're going to, I don't like to use that word, but if you're going to blame yourself, or if you're going to feel sorry, or if you're going to feel um, you should have. I think that sh- I should have done this or that is one of the worst feelings that right. that we have. Right. This is this is the antidote to shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is the thing that lets you know I made a decision that honors me, and there's no buyer's remorse. Right. The next day I don't wake up and go woulda, shoulda, coulda. Right, so it's a beautiful thing, and there's there's a couple of pieces of that. First of all, uh, humans are designed to think about the here and now. Right, we have a bias for the here and now. Right, we um, we don't think about the long term. And what I love about this ten 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 is it it forces you to think about 
the here and the now, and then then 10 months out and 10 years out. So it is designed to fight the bias in the human brain against instant results, right? That microwave life instead of that um, baking it in the oven at 350 for, for three hours, right? So it allows us to really see what matters to us and, and how to sort that out. Um, there, the book, 101010, is available, you know, at, 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 at uh, any fine bookstore. I suggest if you're interested in that model and want to learn more about it, that's a great place to start by reading her book. I do give a synopsis of that in Chapter 2 of What's Your Superpower. Now, um, we have um, about 15 or 20 minutes left, so I want to um, just recap your values, right, that that's the first step in the superpower. That purpose of those top five values is to honor those things that you hold most dear in your life um, in two ways. One, for you to understand what they are. Two, for you to make decisions aligned with that by using the 10-10-10 model. And then this other piece that is important about your values that we haven't talked about yet. Once you start to understand who those top, what those top five values are, then you can identify where your boundaries are for you as a person. So, for instance, what am I talking about boundaries? Well, I love my family. You mess with my family, boy, Mama Bear is going to come out in a second, right? Um, and so I know that um, uh, I honor and value family and um I also honor and value freedom. So for me, my boundaries are things that start to impinge on my freedom, uh, start to annoy me. What we know about anger is that underneath anger is usually a boundary that's being tread upon, crossed, or not honored. And that is huge to understand that. That's given me this language. You see, when you speak from this language, people hear you because it's from the heart, right? So my husband and I will be in a conversation, and he'll say something, and I'll be like, whoa, hang on a second. I'm getting angry, and I'm not sure why. Can we, can we stop this conversation while I figure out why I'm angry, and then I can come back to you, right? So then I'm not getting angry and throwing all my emotions into his lap and saying, hey, help me sort this out. No, I need to sort it out. What am I angry about? Um, right? You signed me up for something, honey, without asking me. That infringes on my freedom. It's very important for me to have say in the things that, that we uh, do together as a couple. So in the future, please ask me before you sign me up for something. So you can start to see how those values become boundaries around the way that we are. For instance, if you're somebody who loves travel and adventure, are you going to want to be in relationship with a friend or a lover or significant other whose favorite thing is to sit on the couch and read every weekend? Probably not going to work very well, is it? So, Claudia, as you look at your your values, you can start to see how they not only become um, decision anchors for us, right? We they're they're the boundaries. They're the place you know, we want to be inside the fences of these boundaries because that's what makes us happy. When we start to step step outside those fences, those boundaries, that's when we start to get 
angry and may not know why. So values, like I said, if you do this one thing, if you discover your top five values and then begin to make decisions aligned with that and begin to honor the um, parts and pieces of who you are um, in boundaries, it really is a game changer. Now this last piece of values if there are any helpers on the phone, raise your hand. I can't see it, but raise your hand, right? I've got my hand raised. I'm a helper. <laughs> Here's what we discovered about the values with helpers. So we used to call this the light side and the dark side, and now what we've started calling it is above the line and below the line. There's above-the-line behavior, which is empowering, and there's below-the-line behavior, which is disempowering. You want to live from the values above the line because they're empowering instead of from below the line, which is disempowering. And I'll give you an example. People who are helpers usually help and help and help and help and help and help and help some more until they're absolutely exhausted and have nothing left for themselves and they collapse. Now, that's an exaggeration, but I'm sure there's some of you on the um, listening who have felt that way. You've taken yourself to the point of exhaustion and giving to others. That's below-the-line behavior for helpers. That's disempowering to you. And so one of the things you want to start doing is saying, all right, I want to help here, but how do I, how do I help in a way that's empowering to me and above the line? Because when I help and dis disempowering ways that are below the line that's going to cost me it may cost me parts of may cost me in health it may cost me in time um you know so so how do you use all of these values in ways that are empowering above the line as opposed to below the line disempowering and i'll give you a personal example one of my top five values is wisdoms, wisdom, and we will get into strengths in the next um, seasonal radio show, but one of my top five strengths is learner. It is the number one strength. That's why I read so many books. Plus, I'm trained as a lawyer, right? So when you combine wisdom, training as a lawyer, and a learner, and pardon the language, sometimes what can emerge is a know-it-all smartass, right? <laughs> That is, and I have been that. I apologize for the language, but it is what it is. I have been a below-the-line person with my wisdom, learner, and law degree. That's the disempowering piece of Tommy Bryan, right? Tommy Lama um, knows how to empower because she has disempowered. So what I started, um, and, and in one of the books I read called Multipliers, they call that diminisher behavior, right? I used my wisdom, my learning, and my law degree to diminish others instead of multiply them and make them bigger, right? So that's a prime example of how you use wisdom to diminish, right, and disempower and below-the-line behavior is by, by, by taking away other people's power. So what I'm... You know, in my second, the second half of my life, what I'm trying to do is use my values to use my wisdom to empower others. And that's above the line behavior, because, and we call it a multiplier. So as you look at your values, Claudia, do you have any places where you can see that maybe you, you do some of those below the line things um, and might need to reconsider where 
where it's time to engage in those above the line. No, I'm perfect. Yeah, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) The divine things we are. You know, I'm so grateful you said that. You know, none of the things I do assume any of us are broken. We're unfinished, right? This work is not about you're wrong and you're bad. This is about we are unfinished, and how do we? How do we finish and polish and shine ourselves? And one way to do that is to understand those top five values, see how they are boundaries, see how we make decisions, and see how we can engage in above-the-line behavior with those values. Yeah, I know. So for me, one of my my values would be independence. So, Mm -hmm. and it means the ability to make your own choices free from outside influences. And I can see how many times I have put myself in situations or my choices I get I get myself dependent on other people. So when I have to depend on someone else because I think I have to Oh, that infuriates me, and I make yeah. the other person responsible. Right. And they're not responsible, are they? No. Right. When we start, and that your the places you've taken us during this call, Claudia, have been beautiful, and I'm so grateful for it because what you just said is exactly what. Um, Dr. Hollis was talking about in the choice is yours. When I am in a pl- when I choose to get in a situation that w- where one of my values is being violated or tread on or stepped on or crossed, I made the choice to put myself in that situation. Right. So one of the underlying things that comes out of knowing your values is this empowerment of self responsibility. I am responsible for the choices I make. I am responsible for the boundaries I allow to be crossed. I never understood what, when people said, you know, um, uh, you get what you tolerate. I didn't understand it until I started working on my values. And then I realized, oh, if I tolerate someone crossing my boundary, I'm getting what I tolerate, Right. And so there's also this whole body of language that goes with understanding your top five values. When I made that decision to go to my aunt's house for her birthday, instead of take Warren to the tennis tournament, I sat Warren down and I said, son, I love you. Family is so important to me. I've 10, 10, 10 this decision. And the most important thing for us as a family to do is go celebrate my aunt's 75th birthday. Now he was he was he was 15 or 16 at the time. And if you any of our listeners have 15 or 16 year old teenagers, lip getting lip back from them is part of life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting the static back is part of life. When I told Warren that I'd 10 10 10 the decision and the most important thing for me to do was to go to my aunt's party, he said, "Okay. What?" It's not supposed to be this easy. 
right? But what he understood is I'd figured out from my heart, from the deepest, truest places inside of me, what was important for me. And that's what I was going to do. And while, and, and not only he not only heard the words, Claudia, he felt the truth behind it. And when you speak from your truth, people hear it at a different level. Yeah, I can see that, you know, because in, it, it could have been a very different conversation where you make him feel guilty or you make him uh, feel not important in your choices. But in this way, it's, it's uh, yeah, he, he could understand it better. I was thinking that probably if someone has 10, 10, 10 me at that age, I would 10, 10, 10 trash that person. <laughs> well, well, for, fortunately for my, or fortunately or unfortunately, my children and my husband have been my guinea pigs to work all these <laughs> Uh, all these things out on. So Warren had been doing it for a long time, so he understood the importance of values. So, so that 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 ends the piece on values. And so, so just to to you know to to recap, these values are the deepest, truest parts of who we are. It's very important to have five because that honors the diversity. Three won't honor your diversity. Seven to ten makes it hard to make a choice because there's so many of them. Start to look to see where these create boundaries for you. They allow you to, to, to start making choices and give you a language to speak to others about how to honor who you are in your relationship with them. And that's a big one. That's a big one. And in our next seasonal um, radio show, we will talk about um, uh, the other parts of the superpower model, the five strengths, um, your social currency, and what is your actual true superpower. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can download the worksheets for free um, from our website. You can sign up for our newsletter where we have tidbits of wisdom um, that uh, help you empower, improve, and achieve. Um, and uh, so grateful, Claudia, for you for hosting the show. Um, do you have any other thoughts? I, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty complete here. <laughs> Yeah, I would ask people if they could please private message either me or Tommy Lana on Facebook. Well, if you have any questions, if you're reading the book and you have any doubts, if you hear or listen to this when you listen to this um, radio show and you have, well, what do you mean by it? Post your questions and we will answer them. Either if it's a question that needs to be answered on the spot, it will be answered on Facebook. But if not, we can always answer those um, during our next series. And because we're here, we want everything to be as clear as possible. And sometimes when you read something and you think, oh, it's easy, then you start thinking about the words. You start thinking about your own life. and. Then Hello? Claudia? Hello?